No, 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 no. So no, it's no. really going to get worse before it gets better. That's some people's forecast, but there's other people who are already forecasting that the Fed's done too much and that we're, we're going to start seeing it pretty soon. So what caused the problem today is that what's called the JOLTS report, which is the job openings report, uh, came out and there was expected to be 8.8 million open jobs nationwide. And it's actually 9.6 million. So there's 800,000 more jobs available than what they predicted. And so that's a sign that the economy is still strong. Right. Employers are still trying to hire. Now, we were just talking about this earlier. It was like, where are these jobs? I'm not seeing this. Are you seeing this? Do you see job openings? I don't I mean, I know that's anecdotal, but uh, it doesn't seem to me like there's as much shortages as there used to be when we walk into, you know, a restaurant and we couldn't get seated for half an hour because there's no servers. Maybe it's geographic. Maybe it's more in our location, but. It just seems like there's a disconnect between the data and what's actually happening. Right. You know, time will tell. I, you know, I look at things like you know, wage growth is slowing. Um, personal savings is down. Yeah, people are running true. up their credit cards. You know, credit card usage is moving up, and it can't continue to do that for much longer. Um, people are going to run out of money pretty soon, and it's getting more expensive to borrow it. So something's got to break. And We'll see. But yeah, it's kind of a crazy. I mean, season. it's a little scary too because we see a lot of fear and propaganda in the market. And we always say, especially working in finance, it's usually priced into the market. And I think the sentiment, everyone's waiting for the shoe to drop, and it's been so long now. Is it going to drop or is it not? As far as a recession? As far as, well, the recession, yeah, it's, it's a little different than the real estate market, which is kind of from my perspective. But a lot of the people, you know, if you look at it, generally speaking, yeah, it's a scary time in the market. It's extremely tough. If you're not heavy in ca good cash flow and you're not making good income, you really can't afford, even if you were 3%, to be honest. Because a lot of the people that I know, they're not making more than $80,000 a year combined household income. You know, I have a few clients that are very well making six figures each, and those are the people that are able to afford. But even then, you kind of see them struggling mm -hmm. right now and, you know, trying to make ends meet and make the ratios work. So it is interesting. But we look at it from another perspective. I mean, I think the last time I checked the report was we're at 1.9 months of inventory. So if we go back just simply supply and demand right now, demand is still high. People are still trying to, you know, want to be a homeowner. They just can't afford to, or they're beating, they're getting beat out. You see a lot of the competition where um, you're kind of between three to five hundred thousand dollars, five fifty is where it's the hot market. It's where everyone is looking to buy. It's where they think they can afford. Realistically, those buyers that were in the five hundred thousand dollars now, uh, when you run their numbers, they're more than four hundred thousand. Yeah. Right. And so it's like that middle class or you know the the working folks. Those are the ones who are having a hard time getting into it. And I think in the last six months or so, when you look at the market, anything eight hundred and up, seven hundred and up, kind of back to normal. You see them sitting on the market, people that are, you know, good incomes, you know, upper level executives or they're making good money. The upper end market is staying where it is. It's the, the people in the middle that are really getting beat out. That's a good point you make about the upper price point being back to normal because I think a lot of people don't remember what it was like to be in a normal real estate market where homes sat for three or four or five months. You know, they, exactly. used, to, they used to call six months a neutral market. Yeah. I think... You know, maybe we don't think about it that way anymore, but because um, now if something sits for you know six weeks, there's a price cut. Yeah. Um, but 
we have to get used to this new normal. But I think what's what's rocking people is the rate at which rates are going up, the speed at which they're going up. You know, I think what we're all looking for is just a moment where things just chill for a second. You know, right now it's, there's a lot of volatility, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market. You know, the Treasury running up, you know, to 480 or whatever it's at today. I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was less than two months ago we were under we were under 425, and it's just that's a massive. In June we were in the threes, right? Three and a half, something like that. Mm, maybe I think we had a dip down under four for a bit. Yeah, mm. I think maybe briefly hit three fifty, but it was under four hundred for a while. We thought that was a threshold. Then when it broke that, we're like, okay, well, it's definitely not going above four fifty. That's a hard like resistance point, and it just walked through it like it wasn't even there. Yeah, and so I think that's got people a little bit rattled. But you know, it's human nature to always project. So we see five days in a row it's gone up. That must mean it's going to go up for the next five or 10 or 20. And that's just not how it works. But we'll get to a point where, where things settle. And um, Me? I'm surprised oh, it hasn't yeah. happened already, but it will. I got my back to it. No, I think it's crazy. I think for us. Are we recording? Yeah, cool. I think for us that are in the business, I mean, with professionals like yourself and then kind of just seeing the market on the real estate side of things. It's very different. I think there's, we always have our finger on the market because we're constantly interacting with people where I think the numbers just don't justify that, you know, with, with what you're seeing. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, where the numbers are showing one thing, there's a lot of fear out there. But in fact, in local markets, I think is where it's hard to quantify that when you're looking at a big picture. And so I know a lot of people here, especially, I think I was reading something where we were saying Vancouver was one of the top three cities that's being developed right now. We have so much growth going. We have, our county is huge. So Ridgefield is growing, Washougal is growing, so multiple waterfronts. We see that where other economies, especially like I have family in New York, in New Jersey, they're mm -hmm. struggling right now, yeah. completely struggling. They can't even afford a house, like period. And all of a sudden, like, well, you guys are always cheaper. It's like, well, come up here. In the last two years, we've had so much growth that our houses are now are comparable to yours. You know? We were just talking about this earlier, how uh, feel like for I'm the first time in our career, uh, mine's a little bit longer than his, but... The first time that I, in my career, which is, you know, adding mortgage to real estate investing, you know, approaching uh, 25 years, uh, I've never seen houses in Vancouver cost more than houses in Portland. Yeah. And we're starting to see that now. Yeah. So Clark County is in a little bit of a unique situation with a lot of these things. So we do have to take that in consideration. We always like to go back and focus on data because, at least I do, because data doesn't lie. Data tells us the real story. It, it sometimes combats our emotion. And, and I find it to be helpful to ground me at times. Uh, but at the same time, nationwide data is not Clark County data. So we have to make sure we look at both. But we actually just went through an exercise where we were looking at Clark County mortgage volume. So we focus more on mortgage than just on real estate. Uh, our, sec, uh, uh, our, econ or, excuse me, our business is down more than the real estate because we've also lost refinances. So sure. we're down 77% roughly. Mm -hmm. But if we look at um, where we're at, you know, volume-wise in Clark County for the last 12 months, and we factor in the expected additional attrition of mortgage people in the next renewal season, which is coming up, and add to that the expected bump up. So 25% additional attrition. Fannie Mae's forecasting 20% additional volume next year, an increase over 2023. When you compound those two things, you get a 45% increase in, in mortgages in 2024. That's a promising number. 
Now those are those forecasts and a lot can change, especially if rates keep going up. But I think data can help, but it can also, uh, you know, cause fear if we if we just look at volumes down, volumes down, volumes. Well, sure, but there's also less people in the room, so we should be getting more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? More market share. Yeah. Right. So, gotta gotta find your wins in different places now. Yeah. I think you just have to be creative. There's a lot of it too, and I almost blame this on the real estate industry. Not blame per se, that's probably a worse word, but I think going back to a comment you made earlier, and it's a, we have like a group chat with me and my uh, fellow brokers at the company where every Monday we get uh, together, we talk about what's going on, what's new. I'm also part of like different groups, which you sure. know, yeah, yeah. Um, vice chair and things like that, where you're constantly talking about the market. There's an underlying thing that's going on where you know, going back to people that haven't seen, you know, houses sit on market for 36 days or upper end houses, which, you know, buying in a million, it's still a lot of money. And that still has value to it where people were just overpaying in, in the past two years, kind of in COVID time. But a lot of it too, I think it's the agent leading the clients. The majority of those agents that are in the market right now, you know, forget the people that have been for so long. Those are people that know and have seen multiple markets. The majority of the agents, don't know any other market. Yeah, they really don't. It is thing. like you, and if you think about it, you guys are the experts on everything else in real estate. For us, we, and you know, in terms of working in finance and getting the loans ready and knowing the numbers and so on, we are the face of it when it comes to people and seeing their fears. And they're like, if I have a listing right now, if it was not for me setting the right expectations, that <clears throat> what you experienced is an anomaly. It's a wall up in the market. It's not something you expect to see again. We hope you don't see again. Right, it's made a lot of people a lot of money in short times, but it's not reality. And I think the majority of agents, where I do have a background in finance and business, so I can relate on a bigger picture, right? And I've been very fortunate enough to have mentors in my life that really have taught me, you know, be patient, have a good marketing strategy, you know, look, be a fiduciary for your clients, and take the time to understand what they want, big picture, and that's how I advise my clients. The majority of agents are like, I'm freaking out. I don't know. I don't get an offer. I didn't price it well. It's like, well, it's not just to stick a sign in the, you know, in the yard and put a price on there and right. throw it out for people. And I think as real estate brokers, it's our job to properly educate our clients, set expectations, help them go through the market, be creative in how we write the offers and how we get them into the goal, right? Rather than focus on what's going on, kind of the selling sunset feel, all this whole popular website that's really... Glorified our job in reality. It's not always that sexy, um, and it's more about like having a broker that's doing the research, following the market, talking professionals like yourself who are educating us on more of the numbers that we don't always have. Looking at what the NAR is coming up, the armless market trends. There's a lot more to it, and I think if you look at that approach, there's a very small amount of brokers that do that, and the majority are following where what they see, and it's easy, and it's it's hurting our industry in a way. Yep. And I think that's also causing the fear of what we see on social media. You know, people nowadays, unfortunately, they're not, I mean, my clients do as much and I try to be that value uh, there for them and give them that value in terms of what's going on in the market and asking me what they can and can't do in questions. But people are getting information from social media. Right. It's Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, what else? Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about this all the time. And we're, you know, we, we want to make sure that we, we do as much as we can to help um, get people the information they need so that they're getting the right kind of information. Because I mean, 
because the other information is false. It's not accurate. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how often I hear an agent say, you know, or somebody say their agent told them, you know, I hear home prices are dropping 10% a year. I'm like, where? Because that's not happening here. Yeah. Maybe it will, but it certainly hasn't happened yet. So I have clients that come to me and I'd always joke around with my Middle Eastern clients because they're tough. And they are tough, but they make me better in every way. So let me just cover all the Arabs out there. Sorry. <laughs> um, but the reality is they're always trying to find a good deal. And it's within our nature, if you will, to try to haggle, to try to negotiate, get a good deal. But some of the comments I hear regularly, it's like, we have to time the market. We really want to make sure we are you know, getting the best deal. Or what if it drops? I said, you have to think big picture. Mm -hmm. If anyone period, and I'll say this to all the professionals much better than I or, or those that are starting, is telling you to time the market, you are being misled 100%. Right. You know, timing the market is never good. And we never did it in finance. You don't do it in real estate. You have to look at a big picture with what your windows look like, uh, time frames, uh, your financial goals, and what that's going to get you. Mm -hmm. And really, that's how you should be making a decision. If you yep. can't afford to maintain this payment for the next two, three to five years, you should not even be shopping. And there's times which, unfortunately, it sucks because we're commission-based. You know, we want to make sure we advise our clients. But there's times where I've told my clients, literally, this is the, a bad financial decision for you. Right. They said, you've hired me for a reason. I'm trying to help you out here. I, I, you know, take me, forget me that I'm your friend, or you've known me, have had that relationship. Take my professional advice. You're sitting pretty right now. Maintain what you have. Let's revisit this conversation next year. And there's times where they're like, probably right now, and I always say, Fall to winter is my favorite time of buying. You typically get better deals. You get more serious buyers. And right now I tell my clients that if you can make it, even with the high interest rates and you can qualify, even if your financial situation is not strong, but you can push through and maintain it, and you really want to buy a house, it's your first time, do it. There's one right now I'm helping him. He really wants to get it, but he's just either trying to time the market or he can't understand. Obviously, I'm not going to push him. But I said, right now, it actually makes perfect sense for you to buy. Because the minute the rates drop next year, six months, whenever that does happen, right, you're not going to be financially ready to buy. And you're going to be competing about with people that are that have more capital on hand, that can afford to beat you, they can get better terms, they can negotiate. You know, right now you have a good amount of options to buy and you can't afford it, right? It may not be at your best price, but if you're comfortable with it and you can make it happen and you're investing in the long-term plan, for you, it's a good time to buy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it's interesting how people try to time the market. You know, you've called me an expert. I don't know that I'm an expert, but even the people that I consider to be experts can't time the market. So I don't right. know why any of the rest of us think they can. It's just, you know, same kind of thing. I tell my clients is that if this makes sense for you and you are comfortable with this payment, then let's move forward. If you need this, the rates to come down in a period of time in order to qualify then don't do it because I can't guarantee that. We think rates are going to come down at some point, but we don't know that. And we could be wrong, you know, so. I think people don't want to stretch themselves too thin. Right. Some people do. A lot of people do. Well, and like, I mean, they're going to look back at that home that they wanted to get a deal right now, two years, three years, they're going to look back and be like, wow, I got a really good deal on that. It's always going to, ha I mean, with our inventory and how, you know, Yes, we shouldn't say always. If we hit twenty percent interest rates, maybe not. But <laughs> I don't think it would take twenty. But we have seen markets, and I'm, you know, I'm older than you, obviously. But I've been through a housing recession. There hasn't been a, a ton of them in our history, but 
we have to be careful because there were people before those recessions saying it's always a good time to buy. It's always good, and there are times when when home prices come down, and this we may be approaching that. You know, we don't know uh, what they're going to ultimately do with rates. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy. The general consensus is a soft landing. I don't necessarily agree with that, but you know, even if we do see a correction in home prices, there's so much foundational demand that it should be somewhat muted. But you never know. Yeah. And that's, I think that's exactly back to our original comment. I think we're behind 10 years in development. At least that were the numbers last time I was looking at. And so Clark County, we're growing so much. We have a lot of people coming from California and Oregon. Um, I can't tell you how many clients are literally leaving Oregon. Just everything that's happening right now in the market. They're just trying to like get us somewhere where it's safe, yep. Uh, yep. friendlier tax purposes. And just, you know, we, we never thought Vancouver was so desirable. I, I, I hear that all the time. And from friends that think they're they're so far, and they're literally in Gresham or Beaverton, it's like forty minute drive. We're not that far, you know. We we have family. My family originally were in Beaverton, come up here, and then we're in Canis, Washington. So to me, Vancouver and Portland was never a travel. It's just like you cross the bridge, and it's just another city. Right. You know, it's that simple. But now I think there's just been with everything that's happening, the crimes in downtown Portland, uh, the things that are happening with Multnomah County. Uh, a lot of people are just leaving. They're just like, we're not happy with this. We can find better opportunities here. And they've seen more growth in Vancouver and Clark County and kind of moving up north than they have a little bit more in Oregon. And so... By the way, you'll uh, get an instant promotion on your tax savings. So Yeah, 9.2% help. Right, I think. It doesn't hurt. For income tax? Yeah. Well, not too much. <laughs> and, and some people travel for work. and Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Because, you know, we've, not only do we have a lot of um, people moving over here, which is kind of floating the market in Clark County, I guess is a better, the best way to put it, but same thing's happening on the commercial side. We were talking about this the other day. So many businesses are moving over here, but there's just not a lot of commercial space. Mm -hmm. And so it's an interesting thing because we're trying to negotiate a space and, you know, our corporate office back in North Carolina is like, what are these terms? You can get way better than this. You know how soft the commercial market is? And I'm yeah. Yeah. Not here. Right. You know, I have clients looking for, we're under contract in a commercial building right now in downtown Vancouver. And they're fortunate enough where they're able to, you know, hopefully we'll be closed to buy it outright. So they're not going to have a deal with that, an issue. But they're just like, if we could just secure something in downtown, you know, we're good to go. So the commercial but sale? It's market a commercial is, sale, yeah. It's a small building. That is it also pretty tight? What's that? Is it also pretty limited in terms of commercial real estate sales? It's, yeah, it's different. So I primarily focus in, in real estate, but we're always able to do commercial. And I have a few people looking for buildings where they're not necessarily looking to lease it. They just want to buy and figure out what they want to do with it. Yeah. And these ones are restaurateurs. They've, been, they've had multiple restaurants. They're looking to do something within the same vicinity in that kind of uh, sector and, and go from there. But um, it's they're just like, we're ready. We want to buy it. It's the amount of growth. We see what's happening in downtown Vancouver, um, all that jazz. And, they're going for it. But I had another client who I did refer out. They were looking for a lease because their situation was a bit different. Um, and they were saying very similar things. It's really hard to find. Like the cheapest, I think, is 24 square foot, 25 square feet for the majority. And they were struggling to see them for that. Well, and everything we're seeing is like, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but, you know, we're seeing <laughs> kind of what's left yeah, over. Yeah. Like these are the spaces that nobody else wanted yeah. almost. Not all the time, but a lot of times. Yeah. Um, I'm going to back us up because we just jumped right in and want to get our kind of intro, if that's cool. 
we might be able to just take that first conversation and <coughs> throw it, stitch it into the back side. Whatever you guys think. Yeah. Is there any other stop points? 